In the right hands, fear and anxiety can be a muse. It can conjure up the cults of Cthulhu, cast shadows of horror on contemporary cave walls, but we can be alchemists, using finely crafted artistry to morph fear into art that brings people together. And like Cthulhu, sometimes these transmutations can lay hidden deep below the surface, while still secretly inspiring cults of creativity for generations to come. I'm your host, Gabe Wells, and this is the Satray Life Podcast, episode number two, with the optimistic futurism sculptor, Colin Christian. What would you describe the appearance of your sculptures as? Um, I always, I always, you know, there's, there's two things. I always regard it as like a, a future, optimistic futurism. Um, cause I'm, I'm assuming we're going to, you know, we're all going to be okay and we're going to end up all wearing spacesuits and stuff. So, um, I like that you idea. know, so that, so that, so that's optimistic in itself. And, and, uh, you know, I always use the, the female figure as, as because that's the next step, isn't it? Like a, a, a woman in space, in theory, that means we've then conquered everything. That means we've conquered the, the, the sexism. Um, you know, I just recently, uh, did, um, a large, uh, like a ten-foot-tall African American woman in a spacesuit, and again, it's like just trying to get the, you know, the next step. That's like the ultimate. You know, we've finally succeeded. You know, we managed to get out into space and um, overcome all our, our, our crazy bigotries and, and and all that kind of stuff. So, there are, you know, it's I always see it as optimistic, and uh, hopefully, you know, that obviously all the sexy stuff is. With a bit of a giggle too, so you know it's always nice to look at boobs and bums. <laughs> exactly. So you create these out of silicone, right? Yeah, the, I, I do. I, I generally I create uh, the, most of it is made out of fiberglass. Most of the bodies is made out of fiberglass, and then the skin parts I usually use uh, silicon, which is um, uh, you know it's a it's a two part rubber system that you pour in, and cast into a mold. And then you paint. It's a real pain to use. I love the look of it because it has, because skin is translucent. So it has, um, you know, it's not just a single color. It's not a flat single color. It has depth and layers. And so with silicon, you can do that. Is that common for sculptors to use silicone? Uh, I, well, a lot of the uh, movie guys, because uh, originally I started out, when I first started doing sculpture, when I was young, I, I originally wanted to work as a makeup artist. That was my, you know, I, I saw it. I saw Alien when I was a kid, and that really, so I really wanted to be a makeup artist. And then, um, uh, so I, I taught myself a bunch of, of, of those kind of things, you know, like mold making and casting and sculpting and all that kind of stuff. And then uh, when I came to this country, I, I you know, it, it didn't really seem that feasible, and uh, I decided to pursue fine art instead. And so I used all the skills that I'd learned when I was, uh, when I was younger. And then added a few new ones and, uh, and started on art, fine art instead. Yeah, so that's one of the amazing parts about this as well. You mentioned that you were you're, you're, you're self-taught, and your wife mm-hmm. is, is also a great artist. She's also yeah, self-taught. Yeah, we're both self-taught. Yeah, which is yeah, amazing. We're both, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's both, we, we'd, we'd been in America for about eight to ten years, and, and we'd moved all this way over. And, uh, you know, it was great, but it, well, things really weren't you know, really going our way. And, uh, we had a couple of businesses that, 
that weren't doing too well. And then we just decided, we said, listen, we're really going to try and do this. So one day, uh, Sass just said, she said, I'm, I'm going to learn how to paint. I've always wanted to do it. And uh, so I'm going to do it. And, you know, and she picked up a paintbrush and started painting. Literally, you know, she bought a couple of books from uh, from Amazon and started to paint. And uh, I was the same. I'd, I, you know, I'd only sculpted as far as, you know, things that, you know, as a kid and stuff. And, and then I, I started to do the same. I just picked up clay and, and uh, started using materials like fiberglass and wood and, and foam and things like that. And just, you know, we just taught ourselves. And uh, luckily, we made a we both managed to make a career out of it, which is a surprise to to ourselves. Because <laughs> you you did mention one of your other businesses. I saw that you you were making rubber type of dresses yeah, and clothing, well, fetish was, clothing, and so forth. Yeah, yeah. That's when we first came to the states. That's how we started out. We actually did some some. Uh, 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 see now, you see a lot of um, uh, fetish and latex clothing. It's, it's really quite common. But when we first started, which in the very early nineties, we we actually started at right at the end of the uh, 80s, 89, it really wasn't, uh, it was still pretty underground stuff. And we started making our own sheet rubber, which basically that we were the first people on the planet to do that. Nobody else was doing that. And we did our own. Really? Yeah, yeah. There was literally no one. The only way you could get sheet rubber was by, I think there's one company in the US and one in, in England. And that was it. And there was no, there was no other way to get hold of it. But we, we found a way to create our own, uh, and it was multicolored as well at the same time. And um, um, uh, and this was, of course, this was really before the internet, uh, which sounds like uh, sounds like it was like a long, long time ago. But it, but it was only the very early nineties. And we we sold some clothes, and we were in, you know, we were in some music videos we did a few bits and pieces for some magazines and uh, you know we were in skin two magazine and all and penthouse and all this kind of thing but um we, it, at that time you know there was just no way of getting that kind of work out there and um and it, it, we didn't have the cash to really go anywhere with the business so so we closed it down you know but we, we did a lot of uh, innovative stuff which um which i see now you know i see companies going wow look at this but you know, I always we look at each other and go, "Well, we we did that like twenty years ago." Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. So you did it right before the internet, right before it could have been easier yeah. to sell. That, oh, yeah, man, yeah, I saw yeah, it, it and it was yeah, good. So we, we did, we, yeah, we did with some really revolutionary stuff, and that's uh, that's not uh, um, that's not being too you know too uh, you know overhead with it. We really, really did. I mean, even now they they don't don't do some of the colors and stuff we did we could do we did glow in the dark rubber and oh, reinforced yeah. latex and all kinds of stuff that was before before anybody we we could do stripes and and polka dots and all kinds of stuff yeah this is like a long long time ago but you see it everywhere now and everyone assumes it's kind of always been that way but it really wasn't back then wasn't possible so right now uh, you have some some other smaller sculptures too, some some wall mount pieces like the cosmic mm-hmm. godhead, which is mm-hmm. that. How do you say that? Could Cthulhu? Cthulhu, Cthulhu yeah. Cthulhu. It, yeah. It, 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 I, one of my big influences is H.P. Uh, Lovecraft, the author H.P. Lovecraft, the uh, American horror writer, and um, and I, you know, I I wanted to do. Uh, he he designed the character Cthulhu, and I just wanted to do. You know, I've done several versions of it actually over the years. I've done little ones for friends and stuff like that. And I just wanted to do a release. Um, some of the some of the stuff is the big stuff is really very expensive. So of course, you know, not everybody can afford that. And um, uh, so I like to try and offer lots of smaller 
pieces and smaller runs, little additions and stuff like that for for uh, everyone to get. And uh, I've done little light-up heads which are very, very popular. They're really, yeah. really fun. Glowing like pussy? Weird. Is that what it's called? Yeah, glowing, glowing pussy? pussy. <laughs> glowing pussy. Yeah. Um, I love it. I love that you have fun yeah. with your work. I, I, that's one of yeah, my favorite parts like about it's, it. It's, you know, of course, if, of course it's, just, uh, it's just silly fun, but... Uh, you know, I I have an extremely childish and schoolboy sense of of humour. Anything that sounds rude or offensive, I can't. I just can't wait to say it. <laughs> so, um, you know, I'm always very inappropriate. So, yeah, like if I get the chance to, you know, uh, mess around with people's heads and words and stuff, I love to do that. But yeah, the the little glowing things, and um, uh, I'm doing a, a a release of. I did this piece recently called. Um, a crack shot, which she was like a, a, a marksman superhero sort of thing, and uh, I'm, I'm doing a, a little version of her face. She'll have a little mask and stuff, and that'll be done in like a blood, blood red resin sort of thing. So that, that's going to look really, really cool. So yeah, it's just stuff for for people. You know, people like to collect stuff, and uh, and and these little additions. Some of them are quite cheap. And next year, I'm going to do a big uh, a big show with my friend Matthew Bone in, at Last Rites Gallery in New York, and we're, oh, we're doing a whole show on uh, Lovecraft. So, so really? Um, yeah, yeah. Whole, he's like really, you know, I think H.P. Uh, Lovecraft is probably the most influential, like, subculture figure in, in history. Uh, people don't realize just how influential he is and, and his writing. They, they, you know, they a lot of tattoo artists, uh, you know, a lot of the biomechanical stuff, you know, all, all so much art is taken directly from his work. You know, H.R. Giger, um, you know, he named his first art book uh, Necronomicon. And everyone thinks this, uh, but, uh, but Necronomicon is, uh, is actually from Lovecraft. It's a made-up book. Yeah, I read it when, but, I was, uh, when I was like 18 or 19. It's fantastic. Like when the, the main character at the end, when he starts getting kind of chased by demons that he's, that he's yeah, resurrecting yeah, yeah. and the writing gets more frantic. Oh, man, that was a good book. I really like that one. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah it's, uh, Lovecraft is great stuff. But, uh, you know, so I'm going to do a whole sh- show based on, uh, like, I'm going to mix up the kind of the sexy figures I do with tentacles. and I mean, the whole thing, you, I mean, you see in lots of art now, you see octopus and squids and stuff like that. I you do, see that yeah. all over the place. That's directly because of that guy, because of Lovecraft. That's where, that's the source. That's where it comes from. The movie The Thing, that's mm-hmm. where it comes from. Oh, okay. You know, the original, you know, like, or, you know, about a, an, an ancient evil in the Antarctic. That's, a, you know, it's so, it's like, it's so many things I could list. It'd take forever. Like I say, he's probably the most influential subculture figure, I think, in, in ever. And so I want to do a whole show based on him. So right, yeah. um, just, just with, like, you know, girls and tentacles and boobs and stuff. Yeah. That'd be fun. And uh, explain, can you explain Cthulhu to people? Yeah, it's um, it's the idea is is that H.P. Um, uh, Lovecraft was terrified of the ocean and of, uh, of fish and and you know uh, which actually I do share because I saw Jaws when I was a kid mm-hmm. and uh, and I'm at really really terrified of deep dark water. It's really really scary yeah, stuff. I'm with you. And uh, and he was also of the opinion that. Um, that we should never go out into space because it's so terrifying out there that, mm-hmm. you know, it's all lots of bad stuff. So basically yeah. he wrote, he wrote a, something called a mythos, which is like a whole, uh, a, a whole history of uh, an alternative history of the planet. And he, and uh, Cthulhu was supposed to be the head God of, of a long lost race that came here a long time ago and helped spawn man 
and then he's going to come back and screw us all over and you know and every now and again like some of his uh, some of his uh, his his, uh, his other guys come up and pop up and mess around with us it's really really cool weird stuff but it's all based in the ocean and it's fear of of like of fish and and <laughs> and stuff like that but it, it's it's really really cool stuff but the movie alien was was is basically an hp lovecraft story you know oh, the I idea didn't know of that. go of going to another planet and finding an old skeleton and there's you know there's this horrible thing there and that that's really what he he was very much of the opinion as we shouldn't look anywhere because we're only going to get it's things get very bad if we're too nosy that's basically what it was all about I, I don't I don't agree actually but but I love the idea that that's that, that that's what it is you know we're going to get it if we uh, if we're too too curious look at the bottom of the ocean though look at what the have you ever seen those deep deep water fishes oh uh, yeah they're, they're, they're terrifying. That's a, yeah, it's really terrifying. Well, it's also a really good argument for evolution. The 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 fact is is why did we come out of the ocean? What what made us prompt to, to come up onto the land? I mean, you know, as as we could, we tried to get out out of the water, it must have been like you know, a t- really. I mean, it still is. It's terrifying. Yeah. And 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 I always uh, I, and it's always uh, freaks people out. There's I think there's like half a million sperm whales. I think there are in the, in the world. And all sperm whales do is eat giant squid, and they have to eat a lot. So if there's half a million sperm whales and they're eating squid like every day, that means there's a lot of giant squid down there. And I'm not and like some of those suckers are like the size of dinner plates. I was gonna say the sperm whales actually come up and they have scars all over their face oh, yeah, from gigantic. fighting yeah, huge. these things. And each of those suckers have like uh, teeth on them. Oh. So it's not just like it's a, you know, they, they literally have tens of thousands of teeth. It's terrifying. You know, <laughs> yeah, it's really terrifying. <laughs> and of course, and Lovecraft was terrified of that too. So, you know, it's, it's, it's horrifying. So I think that's, you know, on an evolutionary level, that's probably the reason we got out of the ocean. It's just <laughs> so horrible in there. So you're, you're originally from London, though. You were, you were born in London? Mm-hmm. Yes, I was born in London, yeah, um, in 1964. I was... Uh, uh, yeah, I'm uh, right in the middle of uh, Beatlemania. So the other thing I want to talk about too is you actually dropped out of school at 15. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't like school at all. Um, I didn't feel it was of uh, any benefit. Um, uh, you know, uh, obviously, you know, you know, you learn how to read and write and stuff mm-hmm. like that. But I, you know, uh, I didn't find anything interesting. Um, and it was. Uh, I, I, I'm. I'm really not sure why. You know why I did. I just felt that it was. I couldn't. There was nothing I could learn there, and I needed to get out. And um, and and yeah, I left school at, at fifteen, and I moved to North Africa for a little while. And uh, Morocco, for, right? Yeah, into Morocco. Yeah, and uh, I stayed there for a while, uh, which was you know really good. Like uh, you know, traveling the world, it really broadens your mind. It really you know gets everything going. And then I went back to England and I became a DJ, uh, which was like at that time, that was the only job I could find that wasn't like a train driver or working in an office. You know, there was always that entrepreneurial spirit. I know, you know, I very, I very rarely worked for anybody. I, I always worked for myself. Uh, I, I suppose it's because I, I really despise authority. I really don't like being told what to do so at all. And um, so I think that was, it was really that. It wasn't really that it was gutsy or anything like that. It was just that <laughs> I just really didn't, I just didn't take, take being told what to do very well. So it was really the only choice for me. And that's where, and that's where I met my wife, Saf. Uh, that's where I met her when I was a DJ. That was the 80s when you were a DJ. What, what were you playing yeah, as yeah, a DJ? Yeah, I started DJing in 82 till 
92. So that was like the yeah, that was like the golden. I had records that I I had like thousands of records, and uh, yeah, that was that was some crazy times. That really was. And I, I finished right at the at like when rave uh, was was and the whole that whole thing, you yep. know, the Manchester thing. And that, that's where I kind of finished up, and that was you know, and I was starting to feel old by that time already. So, um, but. Uh, it was it was fun. It was a lot of fun. I actually the I actually ended up living in a club uh, in uh, in the south of England. I actually lived in the club. I was a stage manager because I used to paint these big uh, backdrops for the for the club. It was like a big old Victorian theatre, and they had these huge backdrops where they you know where they used to have plays and stuff on a big stage. And I used to paint these you know, giant uh, ravey backdrops for and birthday. Things and stuff, and and, that's, and I actually lived in the nightclub for like for a few years, which was really quite an experience. Now, when I look back on, I, I, it's crazy now when I look back on it. I think, well, you know, they, they were crazy to trust me, you know. But, but you know, it was, it was crazy. So all the bars were full of liquor, and it was just like you know. But but obviously, you know, they did. It was it was really a lot of fun, now. and I'm always grateful because that's where I met Sass. So it was it was always good. When you guys met up, Sass wasn't even a painter at that time, right? Did she just No, get... no, she wasn't a painter, no. No. She she was at the local art college and and I remember I used to do these uh these Halloween shows where I used to dress up and I used to um you know do like uh, like a horror show. I used to show crazy movies and stuff like that and I used <laughs> to go around to the local colleges and give out flyers and I used to do like monster makeup on myself and I remember her thinking oh, wow. that I was a when she first saw me, that I was a real asshole, and um, uh, you know, <laughs> and you know, because I, I must have looked like some kind of dick, you know, handing out these flyers dressed up in this goofy mo- monster mask. But nobody knew how to do that kind of stuff back then, you know. And I, I and I did, and uh, it looked pretty good as well. I used to do all kinds of bored out throats and guts hanging out and stuff, and it was really, you know, uh, like I say, wow. you can find out about that kind of stuff on the internet now. It's pretty easy, but yeah. back then, no one, no one knew how to do it. So Did you go to the library it was, for it? Did you just have, was it bookstores you just learned Actually, from? no. I used to get some, uh, I used to get like um, uh, American movie magazines. And like I say, I, I, I just experimented a lot okay. and, um, uh, and and just found out anything I could. I did. There was an mag- uh, American horror magazine called Fangoria and I found out some yeah. stuff in there. Okay. You know, and um, I got some tricks in there and then just developed my own stuff. But uh, yeah, and that's how we met. So, so I'm, I'm always grateful. Why did you guys decide to move to America? Well, because um, that was, I mean, we, we were together in the late 80s. Uh, we met in the late 80s in England and all through the 80s uh, and everything. And because uh, that was when Margaret Thatcher was in there, it was, uh, England was a pretty desperate place. It was like, you know, Poland after the war or something. It was really horrible. There was no hope at all for you. Wow. I mean, there's a reason why, like, all, all the best music comes from England. You know, oh, you think about okay. all the all all the best rock bands and everything. It all comes to me. It's because it was so miserable, and there was literally nothing else to do. So it kind of prompts the artistic thing. But you but you couldn't say you wanted to you know be an artist. It was ridiculous, like being asked to be an astronaut or something. It's like so stupid. You know, really? you're either going to be a train driver or you're going to work in an office or you're going to sell washing machines. It's going to be that. That should you know. So we um, we decided to make the move over here and. Um, uh, and we did, and never looked back. London, London to me, I always thought now at least doesn't it have like a really great art scene there. 
oh, sure, it's terrific now. You know, <laughs> 20 years later, it's awesome. Oh, it's wonderful. I probably wouldn't have left. But, um, <laughs> uh, but you know, like I say, it, it it really was it was terrible back then. And and but also, Europe has a it has a slightly different view on on, on that kind of thing. And it's still it is still prevalent, which is. You know, like America really, you know, there's there's lots of things wrong with it, but there's also lots of things that are very right with it. Yeah. And um, it does have a can-do attitude here. And, uh, it, you know, if you live here for a long time, it, you know, you kind of maybe forget that. But, but Europe is very different. They don't see it in quite the same way. And being an entrepreneur and stuff, it's a lot tougher over there. Um, it, they make it a lot easier here for you to stand up on your own two feet. So what, why do you think the attitude is different? Why is there a can-do attitude here? But... I, I, you know, I, I think it's the, the pioneering thing. I mean, uh, yeah. I mean uh, you know, I, uh, I, I speak to Americans. You know, I love Americans so much, uh, but they, they, they forget that America is still a very young country. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and uh, it's only a couple of hundred years old. And like all the countries in Europe, you know, they've been literally thousands of years old. Their, their houses mm-hmm. older than America, I just know. anywhere, you know, <laughs> everywhere. And yeah. people do seem to forget that. And they, and and I, you know, I, I do find that irritating because they, they well, we're not going to listen to anything they, they say over there. You know, what do they know? Uh, well, they know actually quite a lot, and that's actually why we have, you know, people here now is because you know because of those over there. So. But I always uh, regarding um, uh, the U.S. as still young and still growing, you know. But then that's also what's exciting about it. There's so much promise and, uh, you know, there's so much enthusiasm. The life hasn't been kicked out of it yet. So that's the other side of it. That's why I love it so much. And you and you actually, from what I, I read, I think I read this maybe in, you have a blog as well, which is Colin Christian. Yeah, every now and again. I don't do it as much as I should because uh, considering the amount I talk, you'd think I'd, I'd have <laughs> one every half an hour. But, um, but but yeah, I do. Yeah, I was gonna say. I think I read on there that that you actually um, sat when Sass decided that she wanted to become a painter. You you said, hey, you focus on that full time, yeah, and you work. Well, That's I, really generous. Well, it, nice. as a couple, it, it's you know, you, you could. I mean, obviously, I wanted to do my thing as well, but it's just not uh, financially feasible to do that. So so um, basically, she said, listen, I really want to paint, and and I saw some of the paintings that she. She did the early ones, and uh, and I was like, well, obviously, you know, she has something here, and this is right at the very beginning of, of lowbrow pop surrealism, um, and uh, there there wasn't anybody else really. There certainly weren't very many girl painters doing that kind of thing. Now it's there's loads of them, but at that time, Sass was really one of the one of the first, and um, and uh, and I said, well, you know, obviously we can't both do what we want to do right now, so. Why don't you learn to paint? And you know, and, and I'll and I did commercial work for for like eight years. And by the end of it, I was ready to throw myself off a roof. I was so miserable. <laughs> but you know, she'd managed to get herself to to a state where it was you know she was selling paintings regularly, and and she became you know really a very talented artist. So, did. Um, yeah, so that paid off. That was a you saw you have a good eye for art then because you knew that she was going to become really good. Or did you, did you know? Oh yeah, there was no doubt. There was no doubt. You know, once she set herself to it, she's a very determined person. And when she set herself to it, and and like I say, the field was a lot smaller as well back then. And she was, you know, she she really had something to say. And uh, she she had a couple of very successful shows. And uh, and and we were like, well, and and literally as she. Uh, she said, "Okay, I'm ready to take over the reins." So, and uh, and then I, I, 
you know, I, I started doing my thing, and then pretty much both at the same time, we were both our careers took off both at the same time. So then, you know, so we, we were both doing art full time. So it was it was great. It all worked out for the best in the end. Yeah, that's a, that is really great. I also want to get into some of the stuff you wrote about on your blog. I hope you don't mind. Sure. You did say you're you're an atheist, huh? Mm-hmm. Atheist, yeah. Were Were you always an atheist, or did you transition out of something? No, no. I I, I pretty I pretty much was. You know, um, of, yeah. For a very you know, I, I mean, I don't remember not being one. Uh, I was always very interested in religion. I've always been very interested in religion. And you know, and the iconography of of like uh, Christianity and, uh, and Catholicism is pretty awesome, as it is with with most religions. I mean, you look at uh, you know the statue of Buddha and stuff; it's really beautiful, amazing mm-hmm. work. And you know, and all and in England and uh, all over Europe, all the cathedrals and stuff. Uh, I mean, it's inspiring work. You know, yeah. incredible, incredible. You know, you see it everywhere, but it but but it's very different. I would say, funnily enough, I probably wouldn't be. Uh, as spurred as uh, as I was, if I hadn't come to this country, this, I, I was actually taken aback by the, you know the, the uh, you know the the amount of re- religiosity there is here. It was that was kind of that was a surprise. I wasn't expecting. Okay, that. more than that. I mean, not. maybe it's because it was Florida or or you know, but but it was it was very you know. I mean, even when I first came to the country, people would ask me if I was Christian and stuff. And I, I found it very strange because that was not the sort of thing you would ask at all over in England. And, you know, nobody cares about that, that at all. It's, you know, that's kind of personal business. And and then, uh, you know, and I started to see, you know, that it was getting used in these weird, you know, as excuses for things and stuff. And I, I, I really don't understand that at all. You know, I, I really don't. I, I think... You know, there's a there's a place for it, and that's in in the church or in your heart. You know, and that's 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 where it belongs, and there's and no one should be able to take it away from there. But then once it steps outside those places, then then suddenly you know you can say something about it. You know, I think uh, you know you should say something about it. So that, and you know, and I do. I feel obliged to, as a human being, as a, a citizen of the world, I feel I feel obliged to say something. You know. You know, but uh, but but I, I I there's no need to worry. I mean, with um, with the advent of, of the internet and um, and social media, then you know those things are, are going by the wayside. You can see it constantly. It's uh, it's being stripped down each and every day. So um, you know, I believe I I have faith that there is life elsewhere in the universe. I have very much I have faith in that. There is no proof of it at this time. Um, the, the mathematical probability is very high that there is, but right now that is faith, um, yeah. and that and and uh, you know science itself is not religion. Um, but to, 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 let's say, for instance, you know the belief in life elsewhere, that I suppose that could be considered somewhat religion, you know, because at this point, um, you know, but eventually it'll be proved. So, I think so, know, too. I'm, I mean, look at Mars. I mean, there's methane coming up in certain areas of Mars. Absolutely. And there's riverbeds that were discovered. They're, they're guaranteed right. yeah, now yeah, there was got, water. There's, yeah, yeah there's, there's microbes there, of course. There's life on Mars. And what's more, if, what's exciting to I, I actually have a tattoo of Mars on, on my arm. My favorite book ah. is War of the Worlds. Um, um, so I, I feel a connection to the place. I also, you know, and there's the, the theory of panspermia, which is mm-hmm. that the, you know, that the, the life travels throughout the universe on comets and asteroids and base, basically seeds the universe, which is not that ridiculous when you realize that most of the water from, from our planet came from our space. 
So it's not unreasonable to assume that maybe, you know, some of the amino acids and some of the, uh, you know, proteins and stuff came came from there as well, which certainly could have triggered, you know, life. So it's, it's all, it's, you know, I, I like to think that, you know, perhaps we, we have a connection to Mars, you know, that maybe, you know, somehow life managed to come over from, from there. At the, the time that maybe life really started up here, Mars was really flourishing. So it's a, it's a possibility that, that that was the case. I don't know if we'll ever really find out. But it would be interesting to find out with the DNA. If we if they do find anything, if the DNA is the same, that would be pretty interesting stuff. That would be a good day for me. And there's um there's things like this uh, microscopic organism called a water bear. It has a you know scientific name as mm-hmm. well. But the water bear, and along with other organisms like this, these extremophiles, mm-hmm. can withstand radiation travel throughout yeah, space. And they can yeah, go yeah. in these hibernative states where mm-hmm. they're fine <laughs> traveling on a comet here. <laughs> and then uh, they can come back yeah. to life. They, which, they, that's... They, they found microbes that were still still alive on the, you know, on the camera that, that was on the moon. And, yeah. and they found bacteria living in the, uh, like uh, one and a half miles, actually living in the interior of rocks, not... In the cracks in rocks, on the, in the interior of rock, they have found bacteria that live in rock, and uh, so it's like it's yeah yeah. I think uh, I think we're just starting to find out about that stuff. That's we're still it's still really early days, and yep. when you start to put all these pieces one after another, it really looks like you know there's probably life everywhere, you know, in some form or another. And that's one of the most um, inspiring things that are going on right now. We're living in this like amazing age of information, and I, it I feel yeah, it's, the great, it's the greatest technological uh, age. It's the most fascinating age, absolutely. And I feel bad I mean, for religious people that don't accept that, though. That's what that's what makes me angry. I'm like, you study one book. There's just so much information out there that you're missing. You could be like, why not just believe God works through science, and this is all we're figuring out the language of God through science and mathematics. How about that? Instead of just it's, relying on the it's, Bible, it's 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 human nature. It's it's, it's scared, and uh, you know, it's it's a, a, an explanation for things that you you know you don't understand and or you don't care to understand. Um, you know, but but like all things, you know, that will that that will be bred out. I mean, you know, those kind of views will eventually be bred out. I mean, they you know they, they the 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 internet and the social media really will race this thing through people say well it's going to take hundreds and hundreds of years i actually don't think so i i, I think it's gonna it'll it'll go a lot quicker than that so um you know i i wouldn't want to take anyone's uh, uh beliefs away i have no interest in doing that at all you know but uh, but i just don't want to be told as you know part of your belief that you know that certain laws i should i should obey you know that's, exactly that's just that's just silly that's just silly and the whole thing with the you know the earth being six thousand years old and all that <laughs> it's, so, it's so it's so ridiculous i you know it's it, I, I just lose lose my patience sometimes with it it's how fun the, the would it be that, how fun would it be to go to the evolution museum though the creation they, museum the creation, yeah, that, would, that would be museum. fun yeah I, although i just think my head would explode i i think like <laughs> you know I, I could laugh about it but i think i would just get I I think the the inner passion would would boil out, and I you know, and I couldn't take it in the good spirit in which, you know, I should I, I should go there, you know. <laughs> oh, it's funny, you know, because there's a place here called the uh, in in Florida called the Holy Land, really? and they have yeah they which is like uh, they have uh, it's like a theme park, you know, like it's in Orlando, and I found out from from uh, from someone who who uh, does uh, special effects down here that they buy more stage blood than any other like 
wow. any other theme park, including, you know, the Universal Horror Nights and everything. They, yeah, they consume massive amounts of stage blood. And, <laughs> and I was thinking, you know, that that's really kind of a sad state. Of affairs, you know, that's really, that's true. And But, but yeah, it's, that's true. And, and so, like I say, it just underlines, you know, it's, it just seems crazy. I feel bad because, you know, it's, people are scared and, 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 and everything seems so unsure. And you want to hold on to something that's that's you know that you, you can you can comprehend. So you know I do still understand. You know, and I, like I say, I wouldn't want to take that away from anybody. Good luck to them. Yeah, I I, I told I would love if there was some kind of life after death. I really hope that Buddhism is right and you just keep getting reincarnated and, <clears throat> and keep going. Well, of but... course, as far as far as that kind of thing goes, that's 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 kind of different because. Uh, like the religion, did, well, part of the religion I don't like, it's not the religion itself, it's the dogma, it's the, well, he went and did this, and then this happened, and then that happened. That's what I don't like. Mm-hmm. The, and that's what's blatantly false, it's, that's the fairy tale. But, but, but the ideas of, um, I mean, a lot of stuff with quantum mechanics and quantum physics is showing that, you know, we're all connected, uh, we're all connected, uh, you know, and that, um, I, I, I'll be honest, I don't think yeah, I'm not scared of death myself, partly because I always say this, because I'm not sure that we're actually here in the first place, that the reality that we're actually aware of, that we know as reality is, is actually reality. It could be purely a con- construct. Um, it could be, you know, that there are so many <laughs> so, so many uncertainties about the whole thing. So I'm actually unafraid, and, and I do f- think that everything is connected. I absolutely do. I think some of the Buddhists and Hindus, they're, they're absolutely right. I think... You know that that some of the foundation there is is right, and like I say, some of the uh, some of the quantum uh, uh, science that's coming out, it's pointing more and more towards that direction. That uh, you know uh, that, that we literally are connected to the universe. Yeah, this weird things coming out. Yeah, it's really really weird stuff. All that stuff. Yeah, and it's terrific. It's really fascinating. It's and it's and it's science that was like twenty years ago considered ridiculous, and yeah. now it's really cutting edge stuff. And uh, it's it's that point where where you know spirituality and uh, and science are, are, are meeting, and and they are meeting indeed. It's not it's not opposing. I would say it's spirituality, not not religion. There's kind of a kind of a difference. I would mm-hmm. say that religion is the is the dogma. That the you know that that's, but the but the spiritual part. I I think there's there's still lots of room to maneuver on that. Well, yeah, I'll wrap it up then. And I want to say again, thanks so much for coming on. I, it was really, it was really interesting and fun talking to you. Great, thanks, thanks for having me. Yeah, is there anything you want to plug or anything? Do you have any any shows? Anything you want to pitch? No, just uh, you know, just uh, check out uh, my my website, uh, ColinChristian dot com. Just to go see anything. I'm on Facebook and Twitter, and uh, you know, if you want to drop by and say hi or or I hate you or something, that's fine too. <laughs> What's your Twitter well, actually, account? No, I, I don't. I don't actually want you to say you hate me. So <laughs> say, say, say hi. Come say hi, and uh, you know, and uh, answer uh, any questions. Or you know, I get technical, a lot of technical questions and stuff like that, and I'm happy to answer anything like that if I can. Oh really? Oh great! And again, thanks for coming on, and uh, it's been great no talking problem. to you. Okay, thanks very much.